Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie. And listen, we're smack dab in the middle of December. We're halfway through the very last month of 2021. And if you're anything like me, 2021 and 2020 feel like one big long year that just happened and happened 18 years ago. But here we are at the end of this month. And man, I think I'm just thinking today about how I hope that whatever your month of December looks like, that you have had a way to find rest, that you have been in God's word, that you have been celebrating Advent, awaiting Christmas morning where we celebrate the birth of our Savior. And I hope you're just resting. It's been that way for myself. I've taken a bunch of time off social media. I haven't traveled this month and I've really been trying to just take it all in. For one reason, it's been a crazy year. Another reason, this is my son as a senior. It's his last Christmas home with us. Not really. Obviously, there'll be more, but it just feels like another end. So, I'm just thinking of you today as you listen, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, maybe you're running kids around or do you're doing dishes or you're on a run, maybe you're on your Peloton bike, whatever you're doing. I hope that you have found some moments in this month to really just rest and pause. Guys, we have a great show for you. As you know, this month, we've been taking all of the audio from the Jamie Ivy show, which we released in 2021 earlier in the year on YouTube. And we're taking all of that audio and bringing it to you here on the happy hour. And today my guest is Lauren Petrowski. Lauren is an Austin girl. She lives in the same city as me. And after 12 years of working as a morning news anchor, she made the hard decision to step away from her role and to stay home with her kids. We talk about that a lot today. We talk about what it is like to have the best of both worlds, working and stay at home and motherhood and all that it takes for women to be a mom and to work, whether you work inside the home or outside the home. We talk a lot about what it felt like for her to have a baby during the middle of a pandemic, the loneliness. And I have a a feeling that some of you are feeling those feelings right now. As always, if you want to watch our episode, go to jamieavy.com slash YouTube and you can see our episode. You can see Lauren and I sit down together. I remember Lauren had on the cutest little jumpsuit. So if you want to go see it, go over to jamieivy.com slash YouTube and find the Jamie Ivy show and you can see it there. You guys, I want to tell you that we are still working hard to get as many children sponsored in the Dominican Republic as we possibly can. We've partnered with Compassion International, which has been a family favorite of the Ivies for over 15 years. I've told you in previous episodes that our family has sponsored a child in Peru, a child in Mexico City, a child in Kenya, a child in Haiti. And we have done all of that over the past 15 years. Some of them have aged out. And so then we'll add another one. But we've done it as a family and our kids know about these kids that we sponsor. And by no means are we able to do anything in their life besides financially support Compassion, who does all of the work for them. In fact, one of my favorite things about partnering with Compassion International is that they work through the local church in that child's area. So if you sponsor a child today, they're going to find out about their sponsorship through their local community church. And when you sponsor them for $38 a month, they're going to receive necessities that most of us take for granted on an everyday basis. They're going to have access to education. They're going to have proper medical care. They're going to have nutrition and clean water. And that's for their entire family after that child is sponsored. They're also going to have a gospel-centered discipleship program through their local church in that community. Your sponsorship of your child guarantees that your child is not going to be orphaned by poverty. They're not going to be sold into slavery and they're not going to be trafficked. 
At the happy hour, we are trying to take away the number of children in the DR that have been waiting for over a year. At one point, there were over 750 children on their list who have been waiting to have a sponsor for over a year. We would love to knock down at least like 400 of them. That's a big goal. We have a big goal this year, and we're going to keep talking about this until we meet it because we are committed to helping these children know that they are loved through their local community and have sponsors like you. If this is something that you think you might be interested in, go to compassion.com slash Ivy. When you use that unique link to sponsor a child, we're going to send you a thank you gift. We're going to send you a wallet from Able, And we're also going to send the child that you sponsor a copy of my new kids book, God Made You to Be You. So we just want to say thank you for linking arms with compassion and being a part of an amazing organization that's doing amazing work around the world. In the episode today, you're going to hear Lauren talk about a little bit of the loneliness that she felt as having a baby in the middle of COVID. And it makes me think of the people that Compassion serves, and they have 2.2 million children in their program. They've already had enormous hardships with poverty, but COVID really affected so many of them with losing jobs, closing communities, educational setbacks. But in the midst of all of that, Compassion's 8,000 plus church partners, they were delivering food packs, they were taking hygiene kits, they were giving additional medical support for more than 970,000 children and adults. So we would love it if you would consider to just stand in the gap for another child that Compassion can work with. You guys, thanks for letting us talk about Compassion every week. I hope that you hear our hearts that this is something that we are passionate about because we believe in what Compassion is doing. We believe in their program. I have been on the ground and seen their work. I've seen their work in Kenya. Yeah, I've seen their work in Mexico City. I've seen their work in Haiti. And I would love it if you would join with us and sponsor a child right now through the Dominican Republic. Now, the reason I don't think I've told you guys on the intro to a podcast this month is like one of the reasons we picked the DR that we're focusing on is because we have dreams of taking a happy hour trip to the DR. We have dreams of whoever wants to and whoever can coming to the DR to meet the child that they sponsored. And wouldn't that be fun? I mean, I am giddy thinking about it. I've had the privilege to meet a few of our children that we've sponsored through Compassion, and it is a life-changing experience. And it makes me love Compassion anymore to see the work that they're doing. So you guys think about it, pray about it, go to compassion.com slash Ivy. All right, y'all, here is my conversation with Lauren Petrowski about motherhood. Oh, so many of us are going to relate to this conversation. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to finally meet you. We live in the same city. I know. And here we are. Many mutual friends. Well, I want to say congratulations because you had a baby this year. I did. Yeah. Baby Thank number two. You. Yes. A dream angel baby. I is she an her. angel baby? You know, she is now. Okay. First couple months were rough, <laughs> as you know, many newborns are. But no, she's wonderful now. I mean, she's just my little muffin. Oh, I you know? love it. Yeah. Okay. So mother of two. Was going from one to two difficult for you? Definitely. Okay. Yeah, especially because my son was four and a half when we had my daughter. So I feel like we'd really gotten in our rhythm with one child and he had really gotten used to being an only child. So it was definitely a challenge going from one to two. And now a lot of my attention being on the baby and not so much on him and then trying to figure out the balance of everything with having two kids. Has he ever said he doesn't like her? Like, I want to send her back. 
He's more just like disinterested. Okay, yeah. Doesn't care about her at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> Could not care less that she's even in his world. Right, right. He's like, if I don't acknowledge her, maybe this is not real. Oh, yeah. I mean, she could be screaming, crying. I'm feeding her. I'm dealing with her. And he's like, hey, mom, do you know where I put my Legos? I'm like, dealing with something right else, now. bud. Yeah, but yeah. Look for yeah. them. I think he's coming around a little bit, you know, as she gets older and she starts to have more expressions, mm-hmm. laugh more yeah. at him. yeah. I'm hoping he'll come around. He will. He will. Okay. So you had your daughter. Were we already in quarantine? Oh yeah. COVID. Seven months pregnant. I was due in two months when the shutdown happened. Okay. So you spent your last two months shut down. Last two months. I don't know if I left the house once. Really? Yeah. I think I picked up coffee one day and, um, and you're like, oh, the world still exists. I mean, I went to my doctor's appointments, which was also another weird experience. So what was that like? Because you've had a baby not in COVID. You had a baby during COVID. How has that experience been? What do you do with your son when it's time to go to the hospital? How is that for you guys? <laughs> the whole thing. I actually wrote a whole blog post about postpartum during a pandemic because it was such a surreal experience. And, you know, we were very fortunate to have our health and all of that. But we had to make arrangements for my mom to come in town. We don't have family that live with us or live here. So we had to arrange for her to come in town, which was taking a risk in itself, having her fly. Mm -hmm. But we had nowhere else for my son to go. I mean, friends who had offered, which we could have taken them up on that. So my mom had to come in town. Luckily, she arrived a few days before I went went into into labor. labor. Mm -hmm. So he was with her and we were in the hospital for a very short time because of COVID and the fact that it was my second child. Everything was okay, fortunately, and they let us go after a little over a day. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It yeah. was nice. But then, you know, you leave the hospital <laughs> and you're home with the newborn and you're like, can I go back? I've only birthed one child, but when I birthed my child, uh, I was young and the nurse was like, so in the middle of the night, if he were to stop breathing, here's what you do. And I was like, can you please take him? <laughs> Just take him because I don't want to have to know what to do in the middle of the night if yeah. he stops breathing. So what about just adjusting to motherhood with the way the world is? Yeah. I don't know if you struggle with postpartum depression at all. What has that experience been like yeah. for you? I would say I'm fortunate that I have not struggled with postpartum depression or anxiety, but I have definitely experienced feelings of loneliness and isolation, especially during this time. Because if you think about it, when we're not in a pandemic uh, and someone has a baby, your house is usually pretty busy. You've got friends coming by, family members who are coming in to help. I mean, sometimes so much where it's like, whoa. Go back. Yeah. Yeah. But I have hardly seen anyone since bringing a baby home. I mean, we have our couple friends that we've spent time with, my mom who's come in town a few times, my in-laws who have come to visit for a short period of time. But for the most part, it's Mm -hmm. just us. And my husband works full time and he works out of the house. So I am at home all day with the baby. (laughs) What's the positive in it? All the family time? The positive is that I have hardly missed a moment of my daughter's life. Mm -hmm. And I cherish that so much. I'm getting to see every single stage of her life. And we obviously have a lot of quality family time together. My son goes to pre-K for a few hours a day. And then I pick him up and we're together in the (laughs) afternoons. So we play together a lot. We've gotten to know our neighbors really well. I'm so grateful for them because luckily I'm with someone all the time in the afternoons. Our children play together and we spend time together as a family outside. But yeah, there are definitely times where it gets lonely. You know, I'm very active on social media (laughs) and that probably has a lot to do with it because I spend the majority of my day at home. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. I remember, and tell me if you can relate to this, my husband would come home from work when I had little kids, and I would just start talking to him, like nonstop oh. talking to him. And he would look at me and he would say, mm-hmm. have you talked to anyone today? And I was like, no, just yeah. these little people. Yeah, and they're not really having people. good conversation with yeah. me. We have a joke because my husband gets tired, I would say. He gets up early. And so after we put our children to bed, like he's usually almost ready for bed himself. And I'm like, no, sir. Like I was at home all day with children. Like, let's hang out. Let's talk. You know, let's make a drink. Let's watch a movie together. I need some adult interaction. Okay, well, here's my advice from a mom who has teenagers. Mm. Spend that time now. Because one day they're going to get old and they're never going to go to bed. And you're going to be like, husband, (laughs) where are you? Yeah. 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 So enjoy. Make a drink. Watch a movie. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you've been a mom for five years now. Yeah. If you could look. I know. Right. It goes by quick. If you could look back at your ideas of motherhood before Mm -hmm. versus what motherhood is like now, what are the differences? I did not see myself being at home so much with my children. Mm -hmm. Career or not, pandemic or not, I just really saw myself kind of always being a very busy person yeah. outside of the mm-hmm. home. Yeah. So I didn't take that into account at all. Yeah. You know, the fact that you want to be uh-huh. at home with your children yeah. maybe yeah. more than you yeah. expected yeah. and want to be around these little yeah. people and see every moment yeah. of their lives. I know for me, when I look back at pre-kids, I thought and imagined that motherhood would be really like second nature a little bit for me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when I look back, I think, man, it's harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I think I knew it was going to be hard. I think I was scared about that. When I first found out I was pregnant, I cried, even though we had wanted this. Just a bit Just the knowing unknown. how much my life was going to change and the challenges that I knew were going to come my way. Mm-hmm. Also, my son was a, and still is, a daddy's boy from day one. Really? And that was very hard for me because everyone says, oh, little boys love their moms. I have no doubt he loves yes. me. But he loves his dad. His world revolves around his yeah. dad. Uh-huh. You know, his yeah. son rises and sets with his dad. Yeah. Still today. Still today. And from day one, honestly, from the time he was a, a newborn, like yeah. coherent with uh-huh. anything in the world, yeah. lit up with his dad. And that was definitely a challenge for me as a new mom, because I think you expect your children. And in many cases, yeah. they are so attached to the mom. Yeah. They're snuggly. Uh-huh. They want their mama. Yeah. And that wasn't really what I experienced mm-hmm. with my first child. Mm-hmm. And that definitely. What about now? Can you tell yet? With your daughter? <laughs> my daughter's my girl. She's your girl. That's your mother, <laughs> you said. She's a mama's yeah. girl. She's a mama's girl. And I don't know if it's because I have spent so much time with her. <laughs> yeah. She's an easy baby. She loves everyone. I mean, you're holding her. She, she loves to be held. Aww. So it's like, yeah. if you're holding her yeah. and giving her attention, she's happy. Yeah. I do know that this year has been not only just hard because of COVID, but I know that last year you took a change in your career. And so we're going to take a short break and we'll come back and talk about what life has been like for Lauren on the other side of working more than you work now. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll talk about it when we come back. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm to tap into your power and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. 
Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. All right, guys, welcome back. I'm here with my friend Lauren. And we were talking about motherhood, but I want to talk about something that's really important to both of us. And that is working life as a mom. Um, I know that life took a big change for you in 2019 when Mm -hmm. after 12 years of working here in Austin, you decided to take a big step and come home. (laughs) And I can only imagine how hard that decision was. Hardest decision of my life. Is it? Yeah. So what definitely. led up to that? What made you think? Because you mentioned when we were talking about motherhood, I could tell you were like, this is why it was so hard. I never imagined working life as a mom. Tell yeah. me what led to this decision. Yeah, I had never imagined that I would come to make that decision. I was a morning news anchor, and that was my dream job from the time I was... 14 years old. I knew to be a morning news anchor. To be a morning news anchor. I became really interested in the news when I was in high school. I decided that's what I wanted to study in college. I did. I worked at my campus TV station. I was a news anchor. I had three internships in college. All the things. The plan was there. It was set. I was following that plan. I got a job right out of college as a news reporter, moved to a small city by myself, and then was able to move back and get a job in Austin and then eventually work my way up to a morning show news anchor position. And I loved it. I loved my job. (laughs) I loved it so much. I was so thrilled to be able to do what I got to do. But when I had my son, things got harder. It just became more difficult. The schedule, I was waking up at 2.30 in the morning. I can't even like wrap my head around waking up at 2.30 and not going back to bed. (laughs) Right? And I did go back to bed in the afternoon when I would, you know, nap. Um, And that was the thing. Before I had my son, I would nap in the afternoon. So, you know, my schedule was my own. I'd do whatever I wanted. I'd nap or I'd not nap or I'd lay on the couch or I wouldn't. I'd go to bed early or not, whatever. But then when he came along, you know, I had to stick with this schedule where I was working a pretty long day that started very early. Mm And then having a very small window before I had to go pick him up from preschool. And he was a very active child. And so he didn't take a lot of naps. And I would try to nap when he napped. And before long, you know, those naps were getting shorter and sometimes they weren't happening, which means I wouldn't get my nap. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of a miserable person then. I was so exhausted. I mean, I was just a zombie. I started coming to the realization that I don't know if this is going to work out. We knew we wanted to have another child. Mm And I was really struggling every single time that alarm clock would go off. It wasn't this thought anymore of, oh, I'm tired, but I'm, I'm going into work to yeah. do my dream job. It was, I am so exhausted. I don't know how much longer I can do this. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, my contract was coming up. I had a great relationship with management where I worked. I really wanted to maintain that. I, you know, I didn't want to just up and leave. 
but coming to the end of my contract and unfortunately, you know, we just weren't able to figure out something that would work with the kind of schedule that I would love to have. And I just had to decide, I think this is it. And I'm going to have to take a step back from TV news. So you said hardest decision ever. Definitely. I get it. Was there a part of you that was like, this doesn't feel fair. Like, why do I have to pick one or the other? Yeah. And you would make the same choice today again. I would, even though it was the hardest decision, one of the hardest days of my life, the last day there, one of the most emotional days of my life. And I had thoughts about, am I going to regret this? Am I making a mistake? I don't regret it one day because I have gotten to spend more time with my family, more time with mm-hmm. my son. And then I really haven't missed a moment of my daughter's <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah. And so, no, I don't regret it at all, but I do miss my job. And I hope that that wasn't the end for me. Yeah. So what does that look like? I mean, as women, we're having to make decisions like this all the time and it's hard. And this conversation could last like three weeks about the decisions that women have to make in their careers. What are you looking forward to? Like, I know that you're not done with your career. Um, Thanks, Jamie. I hope (laughs) you're not done. Does it feel like that? Are you concerned? Uh, Of course I get concerned. I think because, you know, going back to the type of person I am, I'm a little type A, I have a plan and I stick with the plan and I go after it. And, you know, at this point I'm like, oh gosh, I've been out of the business this long. Who's going to hire me? How am I going to find the right job when the time comes along? Am I missing this opportunity by saying no to this? And I hope it's not over. And I hope that one day when I am ready to go back to work more, that maybe there is an opportunity that comes along. Yeah. Yeah. I've had times in my life where I've had to make decisions like that. Not necessarily leaving a career after 12 years, but just having to say no to things. And I've learned that sometimes saying no is one of the hardest things, but it often can lead to something like deeper and more meaningful Mm -hmm. for you. It's right now you're getting to spend time Mm -hmm. with your kids. I do wonder though, when you were contemplating this, idea of, should I do this? Mm -hmm. Should I not do this? How did your friends react to this? Did you have people telling you, Lauren, this is dumb? Or did you have people (laughs) telling you, Lauren, this is a great idea? What was the consensus? Um, You know, I think I'm fortunate that I have very supportive friends and family. I will say, I think my parents were a little surprised with the decision. They have known me to be someone who has gone after what I want. I've wanted this since... Well, they saw you in junior high (laughs) when you were like, this is what I'm going to do. I think they were a little surprised by it, but of course supportive. And my mom just retired this past year. So she's worked almost my entire life. She understands how hard it can be. Mm -hmm. My friends were very supportive, which, yeah, in a way almost surprised me. I thought I would get questioned a little more by some of my friends because they knew that I had worked so hard to get where I was and that I really did love my job. And I think they couldn't imagine that I would all of a sudden leave to Mm -hmm. spend more time at home. But I feel very thankful that I have such supportive friends because I definitely was turning to friends at that time. Yeah. Did you have any pushback? Because I think this is a hard discussion where you're like, what do I do as a woman? Like I said, I think some were surprised because I have always been so out there in Austin, in the media, mm-hmm. you know, made it clear this is what I want to yeah. do. And so I think some friends were surprised, mm-hmm. but of course supportive if that was the direction I wanted to go. You even surprised yourself a little bit, maybe? Definitely surprised myself <laughs> because I think a part of me thought I'm going to go tell them, my management, that, you know, here are the issues that I'm having with my schedule. Maybe we'll come to some sort of agreement. And when that didn't happen and I had to stick to my guns and say, okay, well, then I, can't I, do this. I, I think I can't do this. And so when I actually said those words and then they actually acknowledged, okay, then I guess, you know, this is the end after being with the company so long. That was, there was probably some small some part of you that was like, surely 
surely it won't come to this, you know? Yeah. 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 You're going to give me my own show? <laughs> right. Great. This is awesome. You know, when I think about, I mentioned earlier about those hard decisions, there usually is something on the other mm-hmm. side. And I'm not someone who believes that like every door closes, another go to the window or something. I don't know. I just think sometimes things yeah. close and then there's no window. You just yeah. close the door. Um, but I've always had those times where I look back and I can say, as hard as that was, I can see why it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you're there yet. You've mentioned how much time you get to spend with your kids. So I have a small suspicion that you're there and then you can go, this is what this is yeah. for. And just to encourage you, like, look how young you are, Lauren. You got the rest <laughs> of your life in front of you. <laughs> you Thank got- you. Because it doesn't always feel that way, yeah. you know, as you get older, yeah. you know, you think, oh, I, I can't can't do this anymore. Or I'm getting too old or, you know, they'll want to hire someone younger or this is too late to start mm-hmm. that. I started reading your book and, and you said something in there that really resonated with me about the impact that you have may change, mm-hmm. but you're still making an yeah. impact. Yeah. And I think it's so hard because for so long in my life, my identity was tied to my career and what I was doing as my profession. Mm-hmm. And now I have to remind myself, like, I am making an impact yeah. on my children's life. Mm-hmm. not going to make me emotional. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get emotional talking about this. Yeah. The impact feels smaller because you're standing in front of just two people. That's what's so beautiful about it is Thanks. that that matters and it's impactful. Uh, we're going to take a short break and come back and talk about what Lauren is doing now. All right, we're back, guys, with Lauren. Um, you know, what we were talking about earlier, about this identity. And I think that everyone can relate to that at different seasons in their life, of just kind of having to switch. Even taking on the role as a mom, mm-hmm. even when you were working, is a switch. Yeah. And then yeah. you have this new identity yeah. where you're trying to find who you are now. And isn't it funny? I don't want you to tell how old you are. That's rude for me to ask. <laughs> but I even think, as a 40-year-old woman, sometimes I'm still trying to figure out who I am. How is that, just that figuring out who is Lauren right now? Mm -hmm. Struggle? Definitely a struggle and one that I didn't see coming. And obviously I'm still a little (laughs) emotional about it when I talk about it. Because I think for so long I had figured out who I am and what I want to do. And I just stuck with it and never had an issue with that. And the questions never came up. And so now it is really interesting to me in my late 30s, that I'm now having that question of who am I? Am I mainly a mom and a wife? You know, what else am I doing? So it's really interesting trying to figure that out yeah. for the first time in a long time. I know. I think that we're going to bust a lot of young girls' bubbles because we're like, hey, you have to do this again <laughs> in later yeah. in life. You know what I mean? You think you have it figured out in your mm-hmm. 20s. And then I think each decade brings new struggles yeah, and new true. things to figure out. Yeah. So what are you figuring out? Because for me, I love working. I do too. I didn't start working a lot mm-hmm. until after my kids were older. Yeah. And so now I'm in this new season where I get to pour myself into work more because my kids are bigger. Yeah. How are you still feeling that desire? in your Mm -hmm. heart for work. Yeah. Well, I try to do some freelance work and that does fulfill that side of me. You know, I worked in TV news for almost 15 years. So I have those skills and that knowledge. And so I still get to emcee and host a lot of events, which I really do enjoy doing. I did some of that while I work, but now more so. And I've even done virtual events, which is still fun and getting to record videos and be on camera for fundraisers and different events. I really enjoy that. I've done some media training for companies and working on a digital media training course because I do think that there are a lot of of particularly small business owners that would really love to be more comfortable on camera to promote their brand, Mm -hmm. to promote their business. And here are the things that they 
need to know. Here are yeah. the things to yes. work on it if you want to be in local media. Okay, well, sign me up. I'll oh, be your first please, consumer you of your of your new course. <laughs> but um, you know what? I think for you, this is what I'm seeing, is that everyone had to pivot in 2020. Mm-hmm. I feel like so many people are going to look back on a lot of hardships for 2020 and a lot of people's lives. But a lot of people are going to say, here's what I did different. And here's what I learned. And yeah. here's how I had to pivot. Mm-hmm. I feel like you got a head start on that with us. I feel like you had to pivot a year earlier, right? you know? Yeah. And so you're finding new things that you can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really good and exciting, even if it doesn't feel new and exciting to yeah. you somewhere. Okay, yeah. so where you are now, if you could have your dream, where mm-hmm. would you see yourself in 10 years? You would have a 15-year-old. Oh, my gosh. And a 10-year-old. Stop. They'd be in school full-time. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your dream? Uh, you know, it's always been my dream to host my own show, kind of like this. Uh, do you need you'd a co You'd be so good. <laughs> um, um, can I tell you, I was a little nervous interviewing oh, you. stop. No, I'm like, she's like a professional. No. Okay, so carry on. Uh, but yeah, that it has always been my dream to have my own show. I'm a total foodie, so the ultimate dream would be to be hosting my own food show. Not necessarily where I'm doing the cooking. I enjoy cooking, but mostly eating and talking. That's the kind of foodie I am. I'm like, give me the good food and yeah. wine, Let and we'll have it. good conversations. Yeah. I love to try all foods. And so I love to eat food, talk about food, talk to chefs, pick their brains. You know, why did you make this and find out about their families and how they were raised and, you know, take our children to restaurants so that they can try different foods. And I would love to host a show that kind of focused on some of those things. That that would be the dream. But if that's not happening and I'm mostly just with my kids a lot, I know that I will be very happy and yeah. very fortunate. Yeah. Okay, so we live in Austin. I'm going to throw this at you real quick, mm-hmm. but you're a foodie. Yeah, big time. Austin is like one of the best places to live as far it as is. food. Yeah. Uh, what are some of your favorite restaurants here in town? Okay, well, Uchi and Uchiko. Yes. I mean, you can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong. You cannot go wrong. Love them so much. In fact, we were doing this. Maybe you know the answer to this. Erin and I, the last place we ate before Mm. everything shut down was Uchi. Uh, and I was like, that was a good last meal. That is a good We've eaten last out since meal. then, but yeah, that we've was We've done like, a lot of takeout, yeah. and we actually have eaten there since yeah. then. You know, I love French food, so I love Justine's, oh, yes. and there's this small, authentic French restaurant, Chez New. They had shut down during the okay. pandemic, but uh-huh. one of my favorite restaurants yeah. in the city. Uh-huh. What's your favorite Tex-Mex? Oh, that is so hard. I know, Everyone right? has their places. Yeah, yeah. I love Polvo's down love in Southhurst. Yeah, I love so Polvo's. Good. El Alma is my one. favorite mm-hmm. because they have an avocado margarita. So good. Which makes my yeah. husband gag, and I'm like, I love it so much. <laughs> they have a delicious spicy Paloma, too. Oh, yeah. I love that. How my daughter got her name. Paloma, I love it. It's so much. <laughs> well, Austin is a great place, and I'm so okay. glad that we both live here. And I believe in your dream. Thanks, Jamie. I'll yeah, be we'll cheering you on. If you have taste testers, I'll be there. You know, sometimes oh, they have the people yes. sitting at the table. Aaron, okay. Ivy, and I will be there. We'll be eating your food. Wonderful. Yeah. And if you yeah. ever need someone to sit in on your show, <laughs> here it is. Tag team, tag team. Yeah. Lauren, thank you so much. Thank this you for has been me. a joy. And the thing is, this conversation is one that a lot of people are having about motherhood and about working and about making difficult choices, choices that you would make again that are even hard and you would still do it again. So, guys, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to bring to you, and every opportunity we get to point us all to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is actually the number one way that people find out about our show because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that make us think, make 
make us laugh and point us to Jesus. Also, come find me on other places around the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy, And we've been having some fun posting videos on YouTube as well. Sometimes you wish you could see the person I'm interviewing. Well, come over and find us there and you can. JamieIvy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics by Rachel Ray. The show is edited by the team at Podshaper. And I'm your host, Jamie. And I love every single week that I get to be here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. Happy Hour.